heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we indeed place you in the highest place. For you're the great high priest. As your prophet said, the high priest couldn't even move until we make a confession. So we confess that Jesus Christ is present among his elected lady this morning. Lord, we confess as we have been praying for Brother Hugh for his healing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This other gentleman, Lord, afflicted. Brother Ryan, Lord, Satan has come. But we rebuke him. We stand against him. We take you at your word, Lord. And God, heavens and earth will pass away. But this word will never pass away. By your stripes, Lord, we indeed are healed. We claim it. We believe it. We stand in it. We revel in it. And as David said, though one fall, a thousand on my right hand and ten thousand on my left, I'll still trust in you, the living God. You're our victory. You're our shalom. You're our very present help in time of trouble. And so, Lord, we're looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith, to meet every need, every life, every burden, every heart. God, that you could take the word now. Plant it deep within our hearts. May it be in good ground, Lord, bringing forth a hundredfold. That the seed that went in the ground, Lord, is manifesting in this hour. And the grain calls back to you that I must be about the Father's business. Lord, bless your people. Bless the word. Open it to us. And Lord, those that have joined on the way of the internet, Lord. We don't know who that might be now and maybe in the future. We pray, God, that a word will be spoken in due season. That, Lord, their lives could be changed by the power, not of Tom Ray's word, but of the blessed Lord Jesus, your word. God, we commit now the service to you, saying, thy will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. And the church of the living God said, Amen. We... Welcome you this morning. Nice to have everybody here. I know families are away, different ones, and Brother Ellen King and and Brother Frank Fletcher. Can you imagine that? Brother Frank at 93 is flying to Minneapolis for special meetings. That's amazing. Well, God bless Brother Frank. And God bless Brother Ellen. May it be a profitable trip. You know, you never know what God will use. Two spies? It didn't tell us how old they were. <laughs> May they be the two spies that God will use wherever they travel. We love them and appreciate them. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'm going to read the scripture and then I'll make a couple of comments. Um, I'd like you to turn, please, to Romans chapter 8. I'm, I have to apologize for last week. I know I, I, I took my liberty. And Brother Murphy will be speaking this evening, so I'll try and compact it. And we'll go to part four or five after that. So I, I hope you're still groaning, not the groaning that I'm preaching, but a groaning within. So we're looking at, at Romans chapter 8, and the Bible says this in verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subject the same in hope. Verse 22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together, when? Until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting 
for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. Now, which mic is working? We're going to switch. And, um, you know, Satan, and I want you to realize this. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Come on, church. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. We don't expect an easy ride. And Brother Bram said in, in, in the word, he says, now Satan, the devil, is howling because the bride is coming to her placing. And so saints, when I see Satan fighting us, you know what I do? I just put my back to the word and say, Satan, you might fight us, but my father is greater than you. Amen. Amen. I believe it. I'll preach it. And I want you to agree with it, brother Matt. God bless you. My father is greater than that enemy of ours. And so, you know, we're, we're fighting. I'm fighting. I've been in a fight since I was 21. And I haven't stopped and I won't stop. And I want you to agree with me. You've been in a fight and we're not going to stop, Sister Eileen. You know, it's not, Brother Bram said, this is not the easy road. This isn't a road, you know, strewn with roses. This is what poppies and lilies and different things like that. And we walk through the fields. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. He knew what was awaiting him. And he was willing to take to the cross so that you and I could have our freedom. Our freedom to worship, our freedom to glorify him, our freedom from the bondage of sin and sickness. Amen. So we don't get down by circumstance. We rejoice in the goodness of God. Brother Hugh message is in palliative care right now, right, Nicole? Sister message. He's in palliative care. He's in, I believe it's in the palliative care second floor. But when I looked at the Shem, I think it's Shem. Mount Shem is what I used to look up every morning when I lived in Chilliwack as a little boy. But Shem is marked out on the floor with wheat sheaves. I thought that was a great symbol. When I joined and I went up the other night, we've been going sometimes two times a day and we've missed Nicole and Sister Sylvie the last couple times. But when I saw that wheat, I thought that's a perfect That's perfect because we had our Lord Jesus who was that corn of wheat that went in the ground. And there's coming a harvest in this last age. And that seed will vindicate what that word is. And that's why Brother Brown said in in, um, Seed is Not Ever the Shuck, he said that seed will cry back Malachi 4. Luke 17.30, Revelation 10.7, because that's who we are. Amen. So when I walked on those wheat sheaves the other, the other night, I said, this is the right place for Brother Hugh to get his healing. This is the right place. And he would love if anybody had time. He's on the second floor and in room 2044 in palliative care. And if you wish to, um, to fellowship with Brother Hugh, we've had some, we had a wonderful night the other night and we just kept going on and on and on. And then I just stopped and let him go on. He said, what are you preaching on on Sunday? I said, oh my goodness. I said, wait, he said, what have you been preaching on? 
The word loves the word. The word loves the word. I don't look at the circumstance. I look at the promise. And I believe in the promise of God. So God bless Brother Hugh this morning. And may we continue to keep on praying for him. And Brother Ryan. Brother Bisco was just mentioning. Brother Ryan. You know, saints, I again, I take a look at this. How Satan has fought us over the last few months. And the word is becoming more real. More real. And that's why Satan is fighting. But we know in whom we have believed. Amen. This is not a pity party. This is not you and worried about your situation. There's other people that have greater needs than you. We need to live for one another, not for yourself. Live for one another. Laying our lives down. Amen. These are brothers that have great needs and we will wait on God for them. That's what the church of the living God will do. Not live for yourselves, Brother Bram said. What is true Christianity? We know that. Do we know that? But no, in the me, me, me generation, it's all about me. Let's kill me and lift, lift up the I am. Amen. Serious. Serious. Well, on that note, the, on the other side, my son Joel and his wife had a baby. And uh, we're happy to announce the arrival of a new baby boy. We just got to keep that Ray lineage going. Born October 5th at 5.46 a.m. I got the wake-up call. Every, you know, somebody texts me and says, you know, how, how heavy was he? Well, does that really matter? But apparently the ladies or their sisters like the weight. So it's 8 pounds, 9 ounces, 21 inches long. He's going to be taller than me. And his name is Harper Ethan Ray. Mommy and baby are doing well. And we're thankful for a healthy baby boy. And Sister Kim, the Lord's given her strength and we're thankful for that. These are also the blessings of God. And we have to give the Lord the glory. Not have to, we want to give the Lord the glory. Amen. Well, I I trust that there's a groaning that hasn't stopped. If all creation is groaning, then we ourselves do groan. What an uh, what a time we're living in. What a, a season of time. And I can't help but think that there's a there's an indication that we're closer than we really think. We're closer than what we really think. Last week, I don't know whether some of you caught it, maybe you didn't, maybe I, I was just reading it and a thought came out of um Feast of the Trumpets. Everybody knew that there was a, a gathering for global warming. And the world leaders met and the world is crying out for something to be done for global warming. And many uh, people are crying out saying, and we've only got 20 years left or whatever. Listen, we had a prophet already tell us that the world is in a birth pain. And the, it has been man that's created it. It's man that's created it. But then a president of the United States... President Trump did not go to that. Of course, he's uh, he's against this global warming, and I won't get into the political speech about that. But instead of going to that uh, um, to that meeting, he went to the uh, religious freedom at the United Nations, and uh, it's it's noted in in Feast of the Trumpets. 
He said, now here they will gather. That ecumenical move will gather. And here they are, he says, what is it? It's the joining in with the ecclesiastical bunch. The ecumenical move with the World Council of Churches has now driven them, driven man. And it's an, uh, he says, you will surrender all your evangelical teachings and things. Now, you know, that's, I mean, no, I mean, I could read the whole next few pages on that, but I think you can catch it. Here now is a prophet that is telling us in these modern events made clear by Malachi 4, that this gathering is happening and many of us, we live our lives, we live our lives, but we sometimes need to be shaken to realize the prophecy's already gone out and now it's being fulfilled. It always is going to be fulfilled. It just needs that Jesus that's walking with you open our eyes as we are on this road to Emmaus. And that's real, saints. That is very real. When Brother Bram said he's here, he's here to unveil himself and to show you who you are in the word so that you can understand who's walking with you on this journey. When he says he's here, he says, my ministry is not maybe as a teacher or as a pastor. He said, my ministry is declare that he is here. The very presence of God is walking with us daily. Then he says, and who is this Melchizedek? He said, television was here way at the beginning. He said, but we're only catching up to it now. So are angels here. So is Jesus here. When you get over yonder, you'll know it better when you get there. But I want you to understand, Jesus is here this morning. To walk with you in your situation. Don't shun him. Wash his feet this morning. Give Jesus the preeminence that he deserves. So Brother Bram talks about this ecumenical move count and happening. And it's happening. It's happening. So now the Secretary General on this event of religious freedom announces the initiative to combat hate speech. At first, that sounds good. But you have to remember, this is the tree of good and evil. So at the surface, it looks good. We don't, we don't hate people. But God hates organization. That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. God hates organization. He said the combat hates speech to ensure safety for place of worship. Now that sounds good on the surface. It sounds always good on the surface. Hath not God said? You just got to watch. And God has given us prophet eyes. Your pastor preached that years ago. Prophet eyes. To see Satan and what he's doing in his tent. He said earlier this year, now here, here's, here's the Secretary General giving a quote. Earlier this year, the Holiness Pope Francis. So here comes the serpent. Just got coming right in there. The Holiness Pope. Hey, there's only one that is holy. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, along with the holiness, Pope Francis, the grand Eman of El Azar, his eminence, Sheikh Ahem El Tieb, 
signed a moving testament for mutual respect. Uniting time signs. It's happening and we're just, and it's happening so fast. We see Satan fighting you. We see Satan in the back rooms. But I want to keep my focus on him. Keep your eyes on things above. This is a threat to you. It sounds good, but saints, listen. Brother Branham preached about homosexuality, lesbianism, gay. And for us even to say those statements, they take it as hate. Again, we don't hate the people. We hate the demon that is on the people. And that can be misconstrued wrong and people take it wrong. But I'll stay with the word for it is right. So they say, well, that's hate speech. That's not hate speech. That is the word speech. We'll get taken to task. And let me tell you something. Saints, you better realize who you do believe. I'm going to stand on thus saith the Lord. The United Nations is stepping up its action to two initiatives. It's being launched this week. First, through a, a strategy on hate speech to co- uh, coordinate efforts across the United Nations systems. It's going on across the systems. Addressing the root causes, making our response then more effective against hate speech. Second, an action plan for the United Nations to be fully engaged in efforts to support, safeguard religious sites. But how about our site? How about this church? They only got, they've, Satan's got one motive, one objective, to shut us down. But we're going to stand on thus saith the word of God. Amen. Mr. President Donald Trump of the United States, thank you for your initiative and leadership. But you got to remember that this lamb rose up out of the land. Not out of the multitudes of people, of the waters of the people. But it's two horns. The ecclesiastical power and political power. Now it's starting to speak like a dragon. Rome is running America. And the rules and their political agenda is to shut the word down. But we're going to lift the word up. Amen. Things are happening all around us. He said those ecclesiastical spirits uniting together now, bringing them all into this one big slaughter to blot us out. It's already in writing here in the nations now. These these churches have to be closed unless you're with their organization. I'm going to be gone. In a twinkling. That's what we're groaning for. I'm going to be gone. Don't fall asleep now. Don't get caught up in your own little personal issues. I want you to get caught up and get carried away. Caught up in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like you also now to keep on reading in Romans chapter 8. Verse 28. Chapter 8, verse 28. Everybody there? Okay. The Bible says now, and we know that all things work together. This is one of those things. 
He should be shouting on the hills of glory. These are what, all these things. For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. The question is, do we love the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. To them who are the called according to what? His purpose. God has a purpose in calling you. We'll get into that as we go along. And this is scripture I love here. This is scripture I absolute love. When I first got saved, I thought the book of Romans was my book. I really did. I love the book of Romans. Then I found out the whole book I love. (laughs) But the Bible says this, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And Brother Biscoll started with that comment this morning. The firstborn of many brethren. This is an important time we're living in. Sobering time. It's not a hallelujah type of time, but yet it is a hallelujah type of time. It's a paradox. It's an incredible pressure age. And yet we have a place we can let off the pressure. People say they're Christians, but they want to all focus around themselves rather than running into the tower. People are, 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 are Christians or they say they love the message until a trial comes by and then they want to give it all up. Saints, we're focusing now. I'm drilling down. I was going to start with a picture. Maybe I'll do that next week. It looks like a, a bunch of grapes. And you need to look at that picture and say, that's the most beautiful picture I've ever seen in my whole entire life. The purples and the shades and the, and the, and, and the magnificence of the picture will blow your mind. But it's the eye of a mosquito. And you say, oh, that's beautiful, brother Tom. And it looks fantastic. But you know, saints, we just look at that mosquito and you just go like that. You just squash beautiful eyes. I mean, when God creates something, it is beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, 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 it, and it gets down in the intricacies of the, of the structure of the, you know, everything. There's no flaw in it. It's absolutely beautiful. But then I wanted to uh, get the picture of a mosquito and then show you the grape eyes of his, uh, of his eyes. And then really, if we start to drill down within our own lives, We have to ask ourselves, Lord, is that image coming to manifestation? This is not for bondage. This is to push you or provoke you to the word itself. Because, you know, if we look on the surface, and I'm looking at some pretty rough surfaces here. But if you drill down, there's something in you that's beautiful, Nathan. And the only beauty you got is the beauty of Jesus. Because if you look on your outside, we want to squish you. <laughs> Don't get so serious. It's true. We want to squish this one, squish that one, squish this one. But there is a beauty in if we just start to drill down. Start to look how Jesus looks at you. You're beautiful in his sight. For the word of God, I want you to, I want you to Put this now in the forefront of your mind. And Paul writing in Romans again, Romans 6 and 14. 
And I, and I indeed want to labor on this a little bit this morning. For the, for sin, uh, oh, let's turn to it so that you can read it and hear it. Romans 6, verse 14. I would like to read it all together. Okay? Romans 6, verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. And the church of the living God said, Amen. Amen. For sin shall not have dominion over who? Now we understand what sin is, don't we, Brother Todd? We understand that sin is unbelief. So unbelief will never have dominion over the elected seed genes of God. This is the Bible. So follow along me. Here's another translation for you. For sin will no longer be master over you. Praise the Lord. Those things we used to do, we don't do them anymore. For sin will no longer be master over you since you are not under the law as slaves, but under the unmerited grace of Almighty God. Hallelujah. We were once under bondage, but now we're under grace. And we might as well shout, Amen, Amen, Amen. Because that headstone came down shouting, Grace, Grace, Grace. You might as well shout out, Amen, Amen, Amen. For this unmerited grace, we are recipients of God's favor and mercy. Amen. Amen. Those he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be what? Conformed. Conformed is a a very deep word. Conformed. I really don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'll, I'll just want to throw this out here. Brother Branham preached unveiling of God. He preached the mighty God unveiled before us. He preaches then in that theme and in, 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 in the, and weaves that now throughout his ending of his message. Tremendous thoughts. And he weaves the thought in so that you can, you and I can catch this thought. That we who are the seed genes of God, we have been always in his thoughts. So you never began, began or you never ever will end. Because you've come from the very thought, the eternal thought and mind of God. So then God, because of the fall, has to send something that's going to conform you. Not deform you. Now I'm not talking about the power of transformation, that's another service. I'm talking about the conforming power of God. It's called sun morphy. Now when God changes his form, the Bible says in, in uh, Philippians 2, and we'll get there this morning, that's anamorphy. God changing his mask. But then there had to be those that were predestinated, those that were foreknown of God, have to have something that's going to change, not just the outside, which we're groaning for, but a, but a word that can change the inside. Amen. And that's called sun morphy. Something has to shine on you yes, 
to start shaping and molding the inner man to the image of God. So God had to send his word at the rising of this sun to start changing from the inside out to let you know that we're being conformed by his word into his very image and likeness. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of joints and a marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Now, how many ever came to church to say, why is that preacher preaching at me? Do I have to give some uh, some help here? Well, I'm sure glad there's only a few of us. I remember coming to church and Brother Ken, you know, would be witnessing to me and talking to me. And I'd come to Bible Way House and all of a sudden I said, why would Brother Ken sit down with Brother Ed and expose my whole life? Carnal. I still was under the law. I still then was being dictated by my flesh. And I had a carnal understanding. But when I got saved, I found out that the word of God is sharper. Dividing asunder. Piercing even to the very heart. And the word comes and people say, oh, he's preaching at me again. He's preaching. No, it's not you. We're not even looking at you. I had one brother come to me. He says, will you stop preaching at us? I said, I, didn't, I don't even have you in my brain. <laughs> he doesn't come here, so don't worry about it. I said, I don't even know. I, I said, I got, I got about 500 other people I'm more interested in than you. Why would I preach at you? Because they tie into the internet. They can't stand we have victory. Come on. Let them know we got victory. Amen. Because she's realizing who she is. Then, by the Ram said, the rapture will take place. So this is what's been happening over this last while. And that's why Satan howling against you. Because this bride is catching who she is. It's son Morphe. It's God conforming us by the word. What? Jesus on thee. Working toward thee. Making in my life. Where does Jesus start? On the inside. Where did you come from? God. From the inside. Amen. So the word of God speaks. It's alive, the Bible says. It's full of power. It's active, not dormant. The word speaks to us, not just what we want to hear. The word speaks to us. We have to eat the bitter, the bitter parts, the hard parts. You have to eat the entrails. You have to do everything. And praise the Lord. I have Brother Murphy on my side. He eats the entrails and I'll eat the meat. That was just for you, Brother Murphy. But the word is active. We're not dormant people. We're a people that got a message that we can run with. We can let people know this word is alive. 
all these other ministers. I started to look on the internet of Oral Roberts and W.V. Grant and all these other men that were, were in the forefront and coming behind Brother Branham. And, and they said, if you listen to what they preached, and people say, oh, you put too much stock in a man. I don't put any stock in the man. I take stock in the God that's in the man. They're preaching. And I, I had to turn it off. I couldn't even last two, three minutes. I had to get back to the message. I had to get to, to the meat of the matter. The meat of the matter. And saints of God, I'll just tell you something. You eat this lamb. You'll become like that lamb. Eat it up. Eat it up. So now the word of God is more powerful. It's full of power. It's quick and powerful. It's active. It's operative. It's energizing. It's effective. You have to answer that for yourself. Let's now I'll preach the scripture. Now I want you to live the scripture. How many can say within their heart, this is an energy. This is an energy. This is a power. This word is effective in my life. I'm not what I was last week. Praise the Lord. Because things have dropped off by the washing of the water of the word. If you're not in the word, you're going to fall down to your flesh. You're going to lean back on your flesh. And you're going to be dictated by the flesh. But we ourselves do groan within. Jesus said in John 6 and 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The word that I speak unto you are what? Spirit and life. The words that I speak unto you are spirit and they are life. It's power. Power. Where we want to just walk away. But that power is effective. It's not dormant where we sit and pity ourselves, but it's moving us into a promise of God. Amen. It's moving us. Glory, Brother Bram said, super sign. Glory. It's the continuity of God in a people that has power. It's the continuity of God's word bringing God's promises alive. God's spirit. We're living in that hour. Watching the unfolding of the prophecies of the age. As we started at this little service. They're coming to pass. What a great time we're living in. Brother Malcolm. What a great time we're living in. (laughs) What a great time we're living in. He said I wouldn't come in any other age but this age. Hmm. He said, what a great time we're living in. The Holy Spirit to show us things that was to come. Praise the Lord. Now we took the United Nations. We took out a feast of the trumpets. Brother Branham refers now to Revelation 13, 11, And behold, another beast comes up in the earth, had two horns like a lamb, spake as a dragon. And he'll exercise all of the first beast before him. He'll exercise all the power of the beast before him. Remember, saints, power is power. But the word of God is more powerful. 
It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now watch. He says, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him. And he causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast. Whose deadly wound was healed. But the Bram said in the Hebrews chapter 4. He said, did you notice? He said, the United States is number 13 in everything it does. You know it was established the 13 colonies. You know the flag had 13 stars in it first. You know everything that the United States does is in the number 13. Did you know it appears in the Bible in Revelation 13? Certainly does. That little beast, that lamb that come out of the land where there's no one. No one. It had two little horns, civil and ecclesiastical powers. And he was a lamb, freedom of religion. But after a while, they went together and spoke like a dragon. And exercised all the power that Rome did before him. That's coming to our nation. That's coming to our nation. You mark it down. You watch the confederation of churches and the Catholic unite together. Watch what takes place. People who follow the pillar of fire will certainly have a rough time. Amen. He's showing us things to come. When he, the spirit of truth is come. He will show you things to come. Now, I know this is just, I know for those that are maybe, you know, a little wimpy, that's a tough statement. But those that are born by the Spirit of God, they'll rise to the occasion. Are you ready now? He said, those who follow the pillar of fire, who are, who's who's following the pillar of fire? Those who are following the pillar of fire will certainly have a rough time. And everybody said, that's true, prophet. You'll have a rough time. But they're ready for the translation at that hour. Glory. The more Satan brings, the more it squeezes us to look to heaven. Rough time, let it come. But we're ready for the translation. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will what? Grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So we'll have rough times. But bring it on, devil. We will not be moved. Hallelujah. We're not sleeping virgins. For those that want to take a nod, we're not sleeping virgins. We're wise virgins. Amen. And we got oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Ready for translation at the time that it's rough. How many feel that it's been getting a little rougher? I think so. Thanks, Matt. I got two, Sister Sylvia. Rougher. So don't, don't hold your head down. Hold it high. You're under a prophet anointing. What did he say that anointing was? It says it's not an anointing to hallelujah and glory to God. 
He said the anointing that was on Jesus when he took the book was to take control of every situation. Good times, bad times, praise him. Good times, bad times. Why don't you all say amen for me? Amen, Nathan. Good times, bad times. Let's praise him. Let's not go back. Let's go forward. When the rough times come, look up. Your redemption draw nigh. It's closer today than you ever had. Don't let the devil look at the yesterday. What was yesterday? It's finished. It's today. And that day, as Martin Luther said, is what I live for. This day and that day, the day of translation. What an hour we're living in, Margaret. What an hour. We've walked this walk. We stood the test. We fought a fight. And we'll still fight. Though one falls and 10,000 fall, I'll still focus my eyes on Jesus. I wonder how Noah felt as it was in the days of Noah. So it should be in the revealing of the Son of Man. I wonder how many were in his congregation to start out with. I wonder. I wonder. And I told my boys when we were little and we were having all the little Bible studies around the little breakfast table. I said, sons, Noah had three sons. You know where I'm going. I said, though none go with us, still I will follow. I said, we don't know who is and who isn't. All we want to do is get our family in this word. Get our family under this anointing. Come on, daddies. Amen. Amen. Look at Daniel. Brother Bram said in Revelation book of symbols, Daniel at the last seen an angel come down, put one foot on the land and on the sea and a rainbow was above his head. He raised up his hand and swore by him that live forever and ever that time shall be no more. At the finishing of that time, That he had told him. In other words, this is the dividing of time that we're living in now. From that time to the coming of the prince until this day. And said, at that time, the mystery of God should be finished. Seal it up, Daniel. To the time of the end. You can rejoice because Daniel sealed it up. Come on, sealed it up. But in this day, that angel descended and took the book and opened the book. Hallelujah. So that you can fight against these ecclesiastical demons, political demons, demonic demons, spirits. That try to fight us. He said the whole world. In the same quote. The whole world's groaning. Waiting. They don't know the mystery of God. They've not been taught. The mystery of God. The only thing they've been taught. Join church. Put your name on the book. Be a good fellow. Treat your neighbor right. That's all right. But you must know the mystery of God. No man can reveal it to you, but the one that had the book. And so as God revealed this revealed mystery to you, then nobody can do it but the one that took the book. So Michael, 
if he's revealed it to you, then he's all over your life. Because only one that can reveal this truth to you is the one that took the book. Don't look over there. Look over this way. That's where I'm preaching. Peter said, look on me. Look on me. You need to hear this word. You need to hear it. Because we need it to do its transforming power. But now we're looking at the sun morphe. The interchange that comes by the presence of the Lord. We're in the finishing time. The closing hours of time. And no one can reveal this to you. No man. I don't care how hard they try. They might teach you this. But the church isn't built upon teaching. The church will be built upon what? Revelation. That's what the church is built on. Revelation. No man can reveal it to you, but the one that had the book. And the Bible said no man can call Jesus the Christ, except they have the Holy Ghost. This grand old Holy Ghost church is going to come out one of these days and shine like you've never before. Think about it now. At a time of global warming, at a time when President Trump heads to the United Nations... For religious freedom, yet it's another cord that is trying to bind you. Have a thousand representatives of religions around the world. Global uniting of these religions. The Secretary General telling you and quoting from the Holiness Pope Francis. Are people being deceived or what? But we thank God that he that opened the book is the one that's revealed him to you. Watch out, saints, that CNN doesn't get you. Watch out, NBC, NBC, or whatever they call it. What is that? Thank you. MSNBC. Or Fox. I don't care who it is. What news thread you use. Everything that you get fed is for your manipulation. Because there's a political agenda they're trying to bend your minds to. There's only one that I want to put on the mind of Christ. Is a message that has come to open this revealed book. I'll tell you saints, you'll understand... You just want it, how your attitude changes towards one political power or not. That is what Satan is using to bend your mind and thoughts. But I want, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Praise the Lord. So we see now Satan rising up. Listen to what he says here in Ephesian church age. That false vine was getting a hold and was teaching the rulership of man was right. It taught that the church had to be governed. It taught a control over the people. But instead of doing it God's way, they simply took the authority and vested all spiritual power in their own hands. 
where deacon boards run a church rather than a pastor. They take then what God wants to give them and they put it to their own vested interest. They simply take the authority. And I, I we had a wonderful couple of meetings. I know we, we spittered and spattered over um, little points of views or testimonies of Seattle and its placing of a pastor and, and things like that. When you go through everything that Brother Brown said about placing a pastor... And you take the quotes, what he said, and how people bend the quotes for their own agenda. You need to get back in the word and not have people misquote quotes to you. There's no excuse. You can go to your own computer. You can check out what the prophet said yourself. So now they take that authority and vested all its spiritual power back to an Aaronic system. They become Antichrist, for they dispose of his mediatorial ship and impose their own. God hates that. Ephesians hate that. And any true believer will hate it too. So we're not interested in being dictated by man. We're interested in being led by the Holy Ghost in man. The Ephesians hated it. Any true believer will hate it too. We would have to be stone blind not to see the same thing at work. Hmm. All through the ages, and right now, it is the worst of all. Think about it. What it was, was organization that separated the people. That separated the people. It wasn't the Spirit of God that separated the people. It was men taking authority. And God hated that. That separated the people. God's people are supposed to be one. And I heard the church said, Amen. Amen. They're supposed to be one. By one spirit are they all baptized into one body. Everyone is to move upon by the Holy Ghost. And everyone is to participate in the worship of God. Everyone. Everyone. From the youngest to the back. Everyone. To participate in the worship of God. But men want the preeminence. So they took over control. And bishops became archbishops. And with imposing titles. They bypassed the word of God. And taught their own doctrine. They got the people to obey them. Until the time came that their way of worship. Did not in any way. Resemble the early days of Pentecost. Saints we don't want just some dead form church. We want the living word to pulsate us. Daddy's coming here being prepared to battle with the preacher. To work against unbelief. To see our sons worshiping God. Not by the way. These deeds were the beginning of the Apostolic succession from 
apostolic succession, it was one easy, quick step to church membership. As the means of saving grace, the word is reduced to a creed. Antichrist, by his spirit, was predominating the church. Sin or unbelief will not have dominion over you. Though Satan and all his hordes will come in various formats, political power, religious power, and demon powers, we have the power in the name of Jesus. Now Paul is writing here, saints, for your edification, for your liberty and freedom. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Unbelief won't have dominion over you. Satan can't control you. You control him. Sin will never be a master over the believer. Now I want you to notice this here. If you look it up into the Greek, it mentions this two times. Paul uses it, Kratos, two times. First he uses it, he also uses it in Ephesians. That the... That the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you may know what the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power. Same word, power, dominion. Paul uses it in this sense twice, kratos. It means also that is a power that's available to all believers. Not just the man at the pulpit. This power is available to you. We're not trying to take it away from you. We're trying to give it back to you. (laughs) Trying to preach the word. So now this inherent power that Paul's talking about. A power to conquer sin. So that you can have dominion over unbelief. It's in accordance with the very root meaning of the word. Energy. I got sent a text today. And he meant to say brother Tom. But I got brother Atom. (laughs) And I'm just getting. I'm reading this text here. Where we'll have an energy, a dunamis, a power that the world can't even handle. And I get a text, hey Tom. I said, that's Adam. And I said, yeah, we got the Adam bomb, prayer. But the brother says, your Adam bomb is prayer. And we've got the power in the name of Jesus to bind every devil, to loose you, to free you. By the word of God, sin will not have dominion over this church. And people think it's Bible way. I'm talking about the church of the living God. I'm talking about you people, the elect of God, chosen of God, predestinated of God. God conforming you by his presence. The inside working toward the outside. We spoke on the outside, the changing of the atoms, the the theophany body last couple of weeks. Now I'm talking about the inside. Driving out unbelief. Because in that soul realm was unbelief and what? Faith. 
That serpent got knocked out of us when we were born again. And so now, saints, you've got a power in you. And by the word of God, may the Holy Spirit release it. Release it within your soul. Dominion or kratos means strength, might for manifested power. The power to rule. The power to control. The power to rule and have supreme authority. Hmm. Not a hope so and no so. Gospel. It's an energy depicting the energy force of the Holy Spirit, which empowers believers to live for the Lord. Are you listening? It's supreme authority. It's sovereignty. It's the right to govern. Kratos denotes the very presence and significance of the force or strength rather than the exercise. It's recognizing what's in you. Hmm. It's ability to exhibit and express a resident strength. When people walk down the road, they take notice that you're different than other people. You don't hang your head down. You don't sound like you're moping about. You know in whom God has chosen. Many people want it their way, but I want it His way. People say they do until you tell them... And then they say, oh, well, we don't want that. Well, what don't you want? You want to be a Frank Sinatra and do it your way? Huh? Is that what you want? You want the worldly way? His way? No, I want God's way. What God thinks about my situation. Hallelujah. That you know that you have a resident power. It's in you. It's a strength that even you don't even understand. Buffeted, buffeted, buffeted. Satan buffeting you, buffeting you. Buffeting you. But he can't get you. But when he comes in like this, at this time of transition, Satan comes in, Sister Violet, lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. For the purpose of God was manifested. 1 John 3 and 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Where is He going to destroy it? In you. For we took Abraham last week. He walked and believed. He walked and believed. Come on. Walk and believe. Walk this faith. Believe this faith. Stand in this faith. Confess this faith. It's a resident faith. It's a resident power. It's showing to the devil, this bride will not fall. Hallelujah. Our eyes of understanding have been enlightened. The eyes of our heart have been flooded with light. Paul is saying, with the exceeding greatness of his power. To us word, can you finish that too? Who believe? It's a power to us word who believe. Hallelujah. Adam lost it. 
But the second Adam came to give it back. Satan, take your hands off of God's property. You have to just know what property you're talking about. Some of you got some sons that are bound. Come on, say with me. Resident power. Satan, you cannot have her. Resident power. Glory. Brother Peter, glory. Satan tried to buffet you. What is it? Your eyes of understanding look to heaven. He's a Lord God that healeth me. It's a resident power because it's God in you. Hallelujah. It's God in you. Satan now has to lose his hands and give back dominion to you. Hallelujah. The chaos. Look at yourselves for a moment. I'm looking at you, Sister Sammy. Is that okay? What kind of chaos were you in? But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started to breathe in your home. Started to breathe in your life. Started to brood over you. Jesus cried, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How off I would have brooded over you as a hen would have brood. But you would not. But the seed loves the brooding. The seed loves the breath of God. And look what it changed your life from chaos. Brother Jason, you should be waving your hand all over the place. Glory to God. God gave me back a wife. Sister Sammy, you can say, God gave me back a husband. What did it? The brooding of God. The presence of God. The breath of God. Lose her. What was it that loosed the woman at the well? Was the presence of the Lord Jesus. Brother Branham said now, she said, you know, our, our fathers told us that Messiah would come. And all of a sudden Jesus turns around and says, I that speak to you am he. The Pharisees, learned men, didn't have a clue what he was talking about. But here was a lady that had been now conformed by her situation. But you ask, let me ask you something, Matthew. What's greater conformity? The presence of God or the environment of Satan's Eden? The presence of God loosed her. And Brother Bram said, she took the old scripture. And by the experience that she was having, it made Messiah. And I know you've, I've used that quote before. I love it. By the experience and by the word, it makes Messiah. Oh, Daniel, shut up and seal the book to the time of the end. And you say, time must be here. The end must be here because the book's been open. Seal it up. It wasn't an animal lamb that took the book. It wasn't an animal lamb, Brother Ram said, in the breach. 
It's not an animal. He took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. Who was it? It was the owner. The original owner that had the book of redemption in his right hand. Not an angel. Not an angelic being. Nothing else could take the place. But the bloody lamb walked out and took the book out of his hand. What was it, brother? This is the most... Now listen to me. This is the most sublime thing in scripture. That's what the, that's what the prophet said. Here now comes the lamb to take the book. He said, this is the most sublime thing in the scripture. Amen. An act that not even an angel, no nothing could do it. The lamb come forth, took it right out of his hand and sat on the throne. How wonderful is that? Does anybody know what the word sublime means? The most sublime thing in the scripture? How many have, in the last little while, have been in Revelation 5? The most sublime thing in the Bible. The most awe-inspiring. That's what sublime means. The most glorious. That's what sublime means. The most magnificent. That's what sublime means. The most sublime thing in the scripture. Amen. Was not an angel. Nothing could do it. But the lamb came and took it out of the right hand. That sat upon the throne. Now that sevenfold book seals of redemption. That the lamb took within himself. Was the only one that could do it. He took it from the right hand of him. That sat on the throne. To claim his redemptive. Or claim the rights. Not for himself. Now this is an important part here. He didn't open the book for himself. You listening? You're listening well. He came forth to claim it for you. And me. What he redeemed us from to see back to everything that Adam lost. Now being restored in this time. So that you could catch the revelation of who you are in him. Oh my, oh my, oh my. People say, oh Daniel, shut up the book. And we read it out of Daniel 12 and 4. Seal it up to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. I preached on this years ago too. That knowledge that Daniel sought to increase. Now, you can say, yep, colleges have, there's more colleges now than ever before. There's more universities than ever before. There's more technical schools than ever before. And it's conforming a certain kind of people. But God's not interested in that kind of conformity. Because that's not son morphy. They're being transformed by their environment. They're not being conformed by the word of God. Now watch now. And knowledge shall increase. And many people say, oh, look at today. We're learning more. Every year is like surpassing the 10 years knowledge we have. That's true. Because natural types the spiritual and they run parallel. 
Brother Branham preached on that and then countdown and he showed us now throughout history how that it went from the horse and buggy age all the way up to the astronaut age and he showed how the parallel was. But I want you to understand by the scripture here, what Daniel was saying, shut up the words of the book to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro. Knowledge shall be increased. If he, I haven't even, I, 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 maybe I should have started here. But they said running to and fro was going between the scrolls. We get it by jet. We think, oh, we're running to and fro. I'm flying. Brother John's in Belgium just finishing up meetings with Brother David Iverson. With the young people over there. And God bless Brother John. But that's not running the to and fro that the Hebrew's talking about. He said many are running to and fro throughout the seals. Or throughout the scrolls. Running, checking this scripture with that scripture. Hmm. Well, you can do your own Bible study then. I'm just trying to help you along. And so they would, and now that's not even what we want to preach on, but that's how it, it came. But the knowledge now is the knowledge of the purpose of God. Seal it up to the time of the end. Now, the knowledge of God's purpose is going to be revealed by His prophets. That's what it means. And knowledge shall increase. It's all increase because God is going to come at the end time and open the book and let you and I run between the scrolls. Check Genesis. Go all the way back to Revelation. Come back to Matthew. Get to Isaiah. Take Jeremiah. Tie into Nehemiah. All of a sudden Malachi comes alive. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. We're running between the scrolls. Now, saints, I don't want that to be knowledge. I want that to become heart revelation to you. But the purpose of God, the knowledge of God, that's why people can't stand it. Brother Bram said they're not made to see it. Only the redeemable will see it. It's awe-inspiring. We're running through the book. And we're seeing now the purpose of God being revealed by his prophets. Isn't that tie into Amos 3.7? The Lord God can do nothing until first he reveals it to his servants of prophets first. Mm-hmm. This is a glorious message you and I believe. It's become a living Bible. You take this message out of the Bible and all you're going to do is have a church on every corner that's just like them. Yep, they can come to church and go into a liquor store and buy liquor now. People that used to be here, just buy it. Drink it. I say eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. But as far as me, I'm I'm drinking from the fountain that never shall run dry. People's revelation has only been their knowledge. And that's why you need to pray for revelation daily. Because if you learn this message, you'll just fall off like everybody else. But the seals have been opened. Seal it up to the time of the end. And the knowledge of God shall increase. People be running in and out of the Bible. Looking to and fro within the word. And they will start to see then the purposes of God is unveiled. 
as revealed by his prophets. So then when Morphe comes, when God comes in this generation, changing his form. God Morphe coming down. You are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. That do not see William Branham, but you see past the veil and you see God in our midst. Hallelujah. I've got it written down here and I've said it before. I've got it in my Bible. If you look it up into the Greek, it says when God Morphe comes, that means there has to be one there to tell you that he's come. It needs to be a seer. So all these people that are saying, you know, they're looking for Jesus. How can they see it without a seer? Tell me who's their prophet. Kenneth Hagin? Kenneth Copeland? Benny Hinn? All these big name preachers? Really? I'll take Malachi 4 any day. Amen. Because saints of God, you start to realize that it's God's spoken word has now becoming a manifestation and a realization that we are literally, he said, the bride is literally the spoken word bride of Christ. Amen. Do you believe that? How many believe that they are the spoken word bride of Christ? How many believe that they got the power of God in them? Then why don't you start taking control? Of your situation. Yeah, everybody wants to run to somebody. Why don't you run to Jesus? Where's Jesus? He's in me. Glory. That's the purpose of God being revealed in the last age. Not your knowledge of the message, but your action of the message. Lead us, Lord. Open the word of God to us, Lord. Because the true bride of Christ will have the mind of God. Come on, come on, bride. Where will you have a mind? Let this mind that was in Christ be in you who thought it was not robbery to be equal with God. These are great scriptures. But now you start, you got to start applying it in your everyday life. Can I tell you how God breathed and brooded over you? How many ever read this quote? We are his victory. <laughs> how many? I got three. Oh, thanks, Brother Ray. We got four or five. Brother Nate, did you just stick with your hand? Did you say, I'm his victory? Say, I'm his victory. Amen. I'm his victory. Now you got to say it. You have to say it. What's that? Telling the devil who you are. I am his victory. I'm the purpose of God being revealed in the last days. I am the purpose of God that's being revealed by his servants, the prophet. Ah, come on, dads. You need to take control of your home. Ah, but we come to church and we all, we like the atmosphere and we love it. And I do too. I love it. I look forward to it. I don't look forward to speaking, but I do look forward to coming to church. But as I was driving this morning to church, I thought I'm the most privileged man. I feel so privileged to even be handling this. I feel honored, but I feel nothing like I'm nothing. But I believe what I read. I believe I am what the word says I am. I am the spoken word seed bride. I am his victory. I am the spoken word by a prophet in this age. I was looking at deep calls to deep 
last night, late last night, watching Deep Call to Deep. And you know when it was made? When I was born. 1954. That's a good day. I didn't even know it was being preached. But here I am in 2019 and got the revelation. He was preaching that message for me. Hallelujah. We are his victory, showing forth his victory, living his victory. The world will see me no more, but you shall see me. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? He's just as he is then. He's just as he is then. Only instead, instead of being in a corporal body named Jesus, God is living in his church, your body, my body, and that he sanctified us with the blood that he might cleanse us by the washing of the word and present us to God without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Amen. The works that I do shall you do Ah, it's sounding, that's sounding so sweet to me. You are the manifested truth of the promise of the word in her alone. And the church stands alone. Musicians, please come. She said, I know when the Messiah cometh, he'll do these things. He said, I am he that speak to thee. Brother Branham said, old scripture by experience made Messiah. How about you this morning? Scripture by your experience has it brought Messiah on the scene. The word of God is not paper. And you say it's just a book. But it's God manifested on paper. Then if this word is being manifested and it's taking place in your life and the church said, amen, if it's taking place and you believe it's him, then in that day, the son of man will be revealed in a body of flesh. You people, the church, just like it did in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So like you never saw anybody go to the piano before. Incredible truths. This incredible truths. This is him. This is him. And if it's taking place then, believe that it's him. In that day when the Son of Man is revealed, will be revealed in who? A body, a flesh, you people, the church. Just exactly like it was before the days of Sodom. A called out group away from all of them, setting out believing the promise of God. Brother James, nice to see you in the house of the Lord. You can start playing My Hope is in the Lord, please, as I just close. God now coming down in a body. The church. I want you to take a look around the room. Yeah? Look way over on the other side of the room. People you've never even looked at for probably a couple of weeks. 
Look at them. Wonderful, blood-bought people. Just think of it now. God coming down in you people, the church. Then if God and that power is living in you, then it's unlimited what God can do for you this morning. You have to say, Lord, that's me. We've been looking in the mirror as we preached on months ago. Mama, that's me. That's me. God coming down once in a corporal body, now in the body called the bride of Jesus Christ. Say, Mama, that's me. God's in me. I want to take control of my situation this morning. I'm going to take back dominion that Adam lost. I'm going to now exercise it. Because now, I, and I didn't even get to it yet. God, Son Morphy, conforming you to His Word. How does He do it? By His Word. And so now the Word's open to transform you, Sister Shirley. From what you used to be to what you are today. To transform you from the inside out. God showing you. As he wrote in Galatians, my little children, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. What is it doing? He says, it says in the Greek, it's an, it's an expression of a necessary change. There's a necessary change. And girls, like you, have to now put on a body change just like us. Don't put your trust in a future. Put your trust in the word. So how is your groaning doing? So now we groan within ourselves. And my groan calls from Malachi 4. That deep couldn't be satisfied by a Baptist doctrine. Or a Pentecostal faith. But my deep called and it groaned out. And a message came in this generation, Michael. And that God's deep was calling to a deep. And your deep has responded back and opened the word of God to you. So then we in these tabernacles, and I I thought this would be my last part in this. But then in these tabernacles, we thus do groan. I don't want you to be groaning under the pressures of Laodicea. I want you to be groaning for a change. Not only from within, but from without. Brother Bram said, faces the substance of things hoped for. He said, our bodies are groaning. We're children now. And we're heirs. Taking back our dominion. If you're an heir of God. And I'm just being real serious now. If you feel. And believe, not by feelings, but by faith. That you have a situation that you need to take control of. And that you need to have dominion over it. And by the word of God this morning, something sparked within your heart said, I'm claiming that back. I'm claiming that back for the glory of God. 
I'm claiming my victory that I used to have. I'm claiming my joy that I used to have. I'm claiming my peace that I used to have. And you can say this morning, Brother Tom, you preach, but I I want to apply that now to my everyday life. And you say, I claim my family in the name of Jesus Christ. And you're a high priest of your home. Then you stand to your feet. If you're a high priest of your home and you want to claim something for your family. You've got something individual within your own life. Satan has run you ragged and you want to take back and claim it back to yourselves. Say, I claim this in the name of Jesus Christ. And now if you don't have a need for yourself, but you've got a burden for somebody else in this assembly and you want to stand for that and say, I claim for my brother and my sister. I know their need. And I want to fall under that great burden of that need. Heavenly Father. Lord, your word is paramount to us, Lord. It's more than life to us, Lord. Lord, that we can take the word and we can start applying it into our lives. Sin will not have dominion over you. Lord, let the power that's been released within take control of the situations within our homes. And we're not taking it by emotion. We are going to take it by thus saith the Lord. You said it and I believe it. Lord, we're not going to confess unbelief. We're going to confess truth. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we claim the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. We bind the devil in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you will set your people free. That we can rejoice in the simplicity. As that woman at the well said, when Messiah cometh, he will do these things. That we can say, we can say, Lord, within our hearts, that you're speaking to me. And Messiah himself, the word of God, has come by the unveiling of Christ. Strengthen and confirm your word in the lives of these precious people, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. My hope is in the Lord. This time on
trust in man that will lead you away from the word of God we want to put our hope and trust in the opening of his holy word may God grant to you all that your hearts desiring saints little message this morning was just to prod you and provoke you into possessing and taking dominion of what the word says you've been given don't let the devil push you all out of your boundaries Because whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. And if you take a look at that word predestinate, that means he put boundaries around for you. And David cried out in Psalm 16 and 6. He said, thy lines have fallen in pleasant places. God has given you an inheritance in Christ. Please, saints of God, seize it. Take a hold of it. Be a Jacob and say, I'll not let you go until this word opens to me. Trust in him. Don't trust in this. Trust in what God reveals to you. Too many people have been leaning on the arm of flesh and you'll fall every time. Why don't you join with me this week? And when we pray, say, Lord... I pray for revelation more than anything else. I pray for revelation more than anything else. I'm praying that brother so-and-so will get a revelation like he's never had before, Lord. Because this is what the church is founded on. It's not just by putting quotes and scriptures together either. It's by having the word now being energized and having a power. That will loose you from your situation. God bless you. God make this word real. More real to you than ever before. I love the quote. And I was just saying to the brothers. last On Wednesday night. When we were standing in the, in the, in the pastor study. Brother Branham. And why little Bethlehem. He cried out said, where are those young men that will stand with me? And I said, I never will forget in the log church when I was going through it one day, getting ready to, to preach and study it. And Brother Bram said, where are those young men? And now I find myself as an old man. Joanne doesn't want me to say that. I'm not an old man. But now I find myself up in years. But I still got that fire in my soul. It's burning in my soul. 
the fire of heavenly love is still burning, Margaret, in our souls. Where are those young men that will stand with me? And I remember jumping up out of my seat. And I I wanted my voice to ring to the eternities. I said, here I am, prophet. And then the next part of it says, but it's a terrible place. Are you willing to stand in this terrible place? Fight the good fight of what? Say it again, please. One more time. Ah, sounds better the third time. Run like you've never run before as they took for the families in BCA this last past, past week. Let go of those things that are holding you down. Run with patience the race that lays before you. Who knows what tomorrow brings. God might call me home. But may this little message ring in your heart. Sin will never have dominion over me. Unbelief will never have dominion over me. And I want you to say that this morning. Sin will not have dominion over me. God bless you. Shake one another's hand. Daniel, God bless you. Fight the good fight of faith. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.